Hi again, it's your weekly horoscope columnist, Christopher Rundstrom, back to share with you some pretty exciting news. You will soon have a chance to study with me in my upcoming course, The Cosmic Calendar, produced here at Astrology Hub. The Cosmic Calendar is designed to teach you how to turn your birth chart into a personal calendar, one that's uniquely aligned to your natural flow and personal seasons. You'll be able to look at the year ahead and know exactly how to plan your life. Whether you're looking to launch a business, dive back into the dating pool, or finally get around to writing that book you said you'd get around to writing one day, the Cosmic Calendar will help you to identify the best times of year to pursue your dreams. So if you want to be the first to know more about the Cosmic Calendar, then sign up for the waitlist now at astrologyhub.com slash cosmic waitlist. Again, that's astrologyhub.com slash cosmic waitlist. I am so looking forward to seeing you there. Hi there and welcome. This is Amanda, the founder of Astrology Hub, and you're listening to our week ahead snapshot with world-class astrologer, historian, and author of The Cosmic Calendar, Christopher Renstrom. This show is designed to give you a quick overview of the week ahead, enabling you the gift of choice in how you navigate and weave these energies into your daily life. Enjoy. Hello, my name is Christopher Renstrom, and I'm your weekly horoscope columnist here on Astrology Hub. And this week, I wanted to talk to you about Mars entering the zodiac sign of Capricorn on January 24th. Now, this sort of entrance is the kind of entrance that makes many astrologers shudder with fear and anxiety. That's because Mars is said to be exalted, meaning the most celebrated when it is moving through the zodiac sign of Capricorn. Now, Mars in Aries can be hot-headed, impulsive, and passionate. Mars in Scorpio can be angst-ridden and, and, and full of inner conflict. Mars in Aquarius can even be a bit unfeeling and sticking completely by the rules or the objectives that need to be achieved. But Mars in Capricorn? Mars in Capricorn. Mars in Capricorn has a reputation for being cold, unfeeling, calculated, and cruel. Mars in Capricorn may not start a fight, but Mars in Capricorn will definitely end it. So this is what sort of makes many astrology books a little uneasy uh, whenever describing Mars in Capricorn. They'll say certainly that it's ambitious and it's driven, and it is. Mars in Capricorn will not accept defeat, no matter how many times it's handed it in the arena or a contest or job interview. But Mars in Capricorn has a tendency to keep on pushing, no matter what, to keep on pushing until it reaches the top. And this is something that we need to keep in mind with Mars, particularly when it's going through a zodiac sign like Capricorn. When you look at Mars and Aries, for instance, and the reason I keep returning to Mars and Aries is because Mars rules the zodiac sign of Aries. Mars and Aries wants to be first. Now, Mars and Aries knows full well that just because you're the first doesn't necessarily mean you're the best, but it wants to be first. It wants first crack. It wants to be first out of the starting gate. It wants to be the first one to score. But Mars in Capricorn 
follows the direction of the mountain goat, which is the animal that is associated to the zodiac sign of Capricorn. So Mars in Capricorn wants to reach the top. It wants to be the best. And when it reaches the top, and it, when it has accomplished and been awarded the best that it can be, it wants to hold on to that position for all time. Now, what does this really come from? What's really going on in the psyche of, of Mars in Capricorn? Well, to understand the psyche of Mars in Capricorn, you really need to understand the planet that rules the zodiac sign of Capricorn, which is Saturn. To begin with, or, or to make a quick note here rather, Mars and Saturn are both regarded as malefics in astrology. Uh, the understanding being that Mars and Saturn bring bad things. So they're the kids in the cafeteria that wear the dark colors and the goth makeup and look completely unapproachable and that the rest of the kids sort of steer clear of. The, there's something about them that, that seems malevolent or, or suspicious or, or uncomfortable. Okay, so this is why the Mars signs and the Saturn signs really get each other, all right? This is why Aries and Scorpio completely understands Capricorns and Aquarians, okay? Because of their shared understanding of what it's like to be born under, you know, the, the, a malevolent planet in, in astrology. But it goes a little bit deeper than that. In the Greek mythology, when we return to the story of Saturn, Saturn is pretty much uh, famous for having um, enacted the first form or expression, the first action of um, what could be uh, referred to as cosmic coitus interruptus. In other words, it is Saturn who castrates his father um, and, and, and throws his bleeding genitalia into the Mediterranean Sea. But actually what the reason why Saturn does this is that uh, Saturn is asked to come to the rescue of his mother, Mother Earth, who uh, is feeling oppressed and suppressed by Uranus, who is Father Sky. So Uranus is Father Sky, meaning eternity, and Gaia is Mother Earth. And together they come together and produce all sorts of children. Well, Saturn happens to be one of their children. Uh, Gaia is suffering her oppression, and she asks Saturn to take a scythe and hack off uh, his father's testes um, and, 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 and to split them. And Saturn does this. He, he waits in, in, in the cover of night, uh, surprises his father. He castrates him with the scythe, which is always attributed to Saturn. And he separates uh, earth from heaven. He, he comes between his father and mother and he separates earth from heaven, which allegorically we read as time. Kronos, uh, Saturn's Greek name is Kronos, time Kronos. Time separates eternity from mortality, okay? It's not until Saturn separates eternity from mortality that we even have the notion of death. So Saturn goes and does this remarkable um, uh, uh, action of, of, of rebellion of usurping his father's role as king of heaven. And, and now that the father has been sent into eternity, Saturn is prepared to step into the, his role as, as the king of heaven. Well, no sooner does he 
do this, then he learns of a prophecy that uh, whoever steps in this role will indeed be overthrown by his children. And that idea of one generation overthrowing the previous generation throughout all of time, that's what gets that ball rolling and which creates a snowball effect where the younger generation always feels like it's being held down or repressed by the older generation. And so it needs to overthrow the older generation by saying things like buy boomer or get out of the way or you're ruining the world. And, you know, I don't think I need to go into detail about this conflict. It's ongoing. It's centuries old. So Saturn's solution to doing this is uh, to swallow his children as each of his children are born. So um, as his wife births each one of his children, he asks for the child. She's like, well, here it is. Um, and he promptly throws it down his throat. Um, and the children being immortal, they go and they reside in the belly of Saturn uh, for forever, basically. I mean, that's at least Saturn's intention. But when he swallows the children and they reside in his belly, time stops. And this is the important point that I want to make here. Uh, one of them, actually. Uh, time stops. And uh, for a poet like Ovid or for um, uh, uh, older uh, writers and poets, this period of time where Saturn has swallowed the children and where time stops was actually referred to as the golden age. This was a period of time in which there were no wars. This was a period of time in which there were no judges who were looking down at people and throwing them into prison. This is a period of time in which there were no walls because you didn't need to defend anything. This was a period of time in which the earth uh, provided milk and honey and everything that you needed in abundance. So there was no reason for conflict. There was no reason for treachery or betrayal. Uh, there was no reason for war. There was no reason for envy. Everything was at peace. Everyone was at peace. This is the golden age of Saturn. Saturn, time had stopped time swallowing his children. But that's not how the rest of the story plays out. What happens is that his wife, Rhea, actually takes the youngest of the children, Zeus or Jupiter, as we know him in, in astrology. She secrets him away to an island into the Mediterranean where he comes of age, becomes a virile fellow, you know, and takes on dad. He takes on his father, Saturn, and he overthrows his father. Um, in some uh, stories or fables, he castrates his father, just like Saturn has had castrated uh, Uranus. Um, he overthrows his father. And, and he takes over as king of heaven, as king of the um, Olympians. And so this is when we go from, um, you know, the golden age to a lesser one, silver, which is then followed by bronze. Okay, so there's this sort of idea that as we go further into time, that civilization as it rises, falls, and kind of is in this declining, uh, the, this period of decline, uh, this idea of, of living in time. What does this have to do with Mars? What does this have to do with Mars and Capricorn? Mars in Capricorn is in many ways a good soldier, okay? It will obey the rules and laws. And when it's prevalent in a horoscope or prevalent by transit, it is about the enforcement of rules and laws and those rules and laws being obeyed without 
question. Okay, so it can also be, you know, the person who says this is the way of the world, this is how things are going to be done, but it's also the army or the police or the backup because Mars rules over people who are going to enforce like soldiers or police, they're going to back up the rule and the law. And the rule and the law under uh, Capricorn is going to be like absolute. So we get that sort of notion of control, okay, that, that Saturn's remedy to not being overthrown himself was to swallow his children and to put a lid on it and stop time being the god of time. He has the power to stop time as well. Uh, and that's exactly what he does. So what you can have here uh, with someone who has a very strong um, uh, Mars in Capricorn, or if Mars in Capricorn is very prevalent by transit, is this anxiety or this fear of being usurped. It's this anxiety or this fear of being overthrown. And so this is where the, the feeling of do not question me, do not go against me sort of comes in. Now, uh, Mars in Capricorn also will describe in a chart, um, a personality that is what I call a rags to riches personality. Usually if you have Mars and Capricorn in your chart, uh, you went through some really difficult times when you were younger. Mo most people with strong uh, Capricorn in their chart have, have, have experienced hardship uh, or rejection or some sort of ostracization. Say that three times fast, ostracization, ostracization, ostracization. Oh my God, I think I did it. Okay, would have experienced some sort of ostracization or, or, or being cast out. Okay, it's kind of woven into the Capricorn psyche. It's woven into the Capricornian way of, of, of seeing things. Um, and so there is this uh, pursuit uh, to to get to a better place, to to tune into that inner mountain goat. It could be a Mars in Capricorn with the sun in Gemini or a Mars in Capricorn with, you know, a sun in Pisces. There's still that uh, pursuit of, uh, of the goal, of a higher goal, to do better than you are doing right now, to elevate your station in, your, in, in the world. Uh, simply put, to get on top and to stay on top. Okay, so this is what the Mars in Capricorn is going to do. And so this will show up in horoscopes where people have sacrificed a lot, they've studied long hours, they've uh, spent a lot of money or time or energy uh, bettering themselves in some sort of way. They've, 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 they've grown up in a family where things were very hard, only to take on like four to five jobs, you know, and to really work like, like hell uh, to, to get to what would be the summit, to the top of the mountain. That doesn't mean that they all become CEOs or rulers of the world, but what it can mean is I can afford to start my own business, or I have my own home, or I'm in charge of the family, or the neighborhood, or, or the state government, okay? So it's this need to, to get on top. And a lot has gone into that, okay? A lot of discipline, blood, sweat, and tears has gone into that. Mars and Capricorn, you can proudly point to a pyramid, you know, and point out the uh, uh, blood, sweat, and tears that went into the building and, and the placing of, of each brick, you know, that has created, you know, this, this edifice, this sense of accomplishment in your life. Um, so where uh, Mars and Capricorn can have a sort of absolutism, 
okay? And it can be an absolutism. Uh, Capricorn is the cardinal sign of winter, okay? It leads the last signs of the zodiac. So having the last word, having the final word uh, for anything in Capricorn, but a Mars in Capricorn, if it comes to conflict, I win this conflict. I will have the last word of this conflict. But what that goes with is I will not abide by any conflict, okay? I will not be challenged. I will not be usurped. I will not be overthrown. Okay, so this really is, is in the back corner of this type of, of Mars in Capricorn um, thinking. Mars is an energy that's always being relegated to something, okay? I mean, it's, a, it's, it's not a conflict-averse planet. It's a conflict-driven one, okay? And so Mars is always uh, causing conflict and a great deal of consternation among people, like, what do we do without Mars? Um, you know, and so that's why Mars is often being relegated to things like uh, arenas and stadiums, you know, where, where, to the games, where, where people can compete, but, you know, it's ruled by the uh, it's ruled by the laws of good sportsmanship and conducting yourself. So there's always this need to sort of like control or direct the Mars so that it moves in a much more healthy direction because Mars left unbridled uh, will go after what it wants and it will do whatever it needs to do to go ahead and get that. So when we're dealing with a Mars in Capricorn, the, the added thing that we have with the Mars in Capricorn is Mars's zero tolerance when it comes to weakness. Okay, if you have strong Mars uh, in, in your chart, there, there's, there's little, if any, tolerance for weakness. Uh, weakness is something to be exploited. Uh, weakness is something that gives you the upper hand over your opponent, you know, and you certainly don't entertain any sort of personal weakness because that leaves you vulnerable or open to someone else's predatory attack. Uh, so, so that getting rid of, of weakness is really, really important. Now, what's, what kind of comes together here is that Capricorn is all about weakness. They don't show it, okay? Uh, they, 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 if, if they can, they never show it, okay? But Capricorns are consumed with a fear of weakness or an anxiety that they're going to fail um, or a fear that they can't pull something off. And so this is always in the back of a Capricorn psychic closet. Um, and if you know a Capricorn, or if you're dealing with a Capricorn, or if you're dealing with someone who's got Mars in Capricorn um, in an emotional uh, sphere, in a personal sphere, like a personal relationship or a professional one, or, or maybe the two of you are always going at it at the, uh, on the um, neighborhood watch committee or, or something like that. Um, what, what you can always try to do is to open up a conversation around weakness okay and and the best way to do that if you can is to introduce your own apprehension or anxiety not about the person who holds the mars and capricorn but more about anxiety or 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 fear of weakness in general you know something that you can share that doesn't that doesn't feel too much like you're exposing yourself or or opening yourself to to any sort of attack but if you can almost sort of like share that idea um you might you know, you might meet with a monosyllabic response at first of like, so what, or you know, but given time, you know, and sort of introducing or talking about this idea, you'll actually get the other side to start to open up and to talk. Um, 
one of the things that Capricorns hate doing is actually holding all of that in. They feel like they have to hold that in, that nobody else understands, that nobody else gets it. But, you know, if you can sort of introduce the idea of like, you know, well, sometimes, you know, I get afraid of losing it all, or I have anxiety about not being, you know, good enough. Or sometimes I wonder if, you know, doing this is even, you know, something I'm meant to do. You know, you sort of like float out those invitations to conversation. And you will, with a Mars and Capricorn, eventually have someone who will start to divulge and someone who will start to share what's going on. So you never want to outwardly challenge a Mars in Capricorn, and you don't want to make light of their sacrifices or everything that they've done, but you do want to sort of talk to them, if you can, in a commiserating way about how tough it must be to always be on guard, to always, you know, hold that fist closed, to always, you know, um, 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 uh, maybe have to play the bad guy in some way, um, to always be the villain of the piece. And if you can sort of talk in this sort of meeting, sympathetic, commiseration way, you will find the person on the other side starting to open up to you. I mean, they'll test you, of course. This is what Capricorns do. They'll test you to see if you really mean it or really know what you're talking about. But if you, you know, continue in your earnest expression, um, earnest pursuit of camaraderie or trying to understand this person, um, they will eventually thaw and they will eventually open up, which is, which is a good thing. And that's where you win their loyalty. And that's where you win their support. And that's where you will win their uh, friendship for life. Um, one of the things that's going to help out with this is Venus coming out of retrograde uh, at the end of the week. Venus uh, comes out of retrograde in Capricorn on January 29th. And why that's going to help is that Venus is already in Capricorn, so they're she introduces this energy of give and take, of conversation, of we can sort of let down our guard and talk about these th things. So this is what's actually kind of nice about having Mars and Venus uh, in Capricorn at the same time. You can, you can talk to someone in a way that the person gets where you're coming from because the Venus is, is, is in the same sign. It, 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 it's simpatico. It, it creates a sort of simpatico or sympathy or, or, or likeness uh, between, between the to. Um, so these are things that I want you to keep in mind, as Mars will be in Capricorn from January 24th to March 5th. And if you pursue along those lines, again, you might have a curmudgeoning person, you know, to sort of deal with at the beginning or someone who's very fixed or controlling in their matter, in their manner. But by the time that Mars leaves Capricorn on March 5th, you may find that you've really won a friend for life. Your weekly horoscope is brought to you by Astrology Hub. If you'd like more extended personalized guidance from Christopher by sun sign and rising, make sure you subscribe to receive the free weekly horoscope delivered via email to your inbox each Sunday. Just go to astrologyhub.com horoscope and start receiving even more free personalized guidance today. That's astrologyhub.com horoscope. And if you love what we do and would like to support our work, please subscribe to the podcast, give us some stars, and if you feel inclined, leave us a review. It does so much to help us get quality astrology out to the world, and we're grateful for all the time that you take to do this. 
Thank you for listening in today. And as always, thank you for making astrology a part of your life.